All right, Jonathan, welcome back to another podcast. Rory, how's things? Yeah, I'm all good. Thanks. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Uh, good. It's funny. We said we'll we'll quickly press play because every time that we jump on a podcast, we end up having a quick chat for five minutes before and yeah. we end up talking about half the things we're going to talk about in the podcast. So I know, I know literally. So you can you can nearly say this is the second time we're doing the podcast. <laughs> First time we don't hit record. Second time we do. Yeah, yeah. We have to remind ourselves to press record sometimes. I know. <laughs> literally. Um, are you good anyway? Keep yeah, well. Yeah. yeah, all good. I mean, a uh, bit of a busy, bit of a busy weekend. So glad to be back into some normality now, and glad to see a bit of markets, bit of movement happening today, especially Aussie pairs, um, bit of oil as well. So good to see that volatility coming back into markets. Yeah, commodities moving. FX not a whole lot except for obviously Aussie N. Mm-hmm. Really, obviously last week we had a pretty volatile uh, FX market as well. Yeah, uh, obviously yeah. off the back of the data that came out. Mm-hmm. Um, today's been a quiet day so far. Yeah, well, I mean, today's been quite quiet in terms of the equity fronts, things like that. Yeah. But then, you know, this morning we're seeing Chinese data coming out, manufacturing, and um, data was stronger than expected. Aussie US dollars up, you know, one point two percent. You even the Kiwis up as well, over one percent. So you're starting to see them big moves there, and as well as in the sterling, um, Aussie dollar as well is down over one percent. So quite strong moves there. Um, cut a line for a few things going into this week. You know, obviously a bit of data coming out, um, ISM, PMI is coming out. Um, what else do we have? NFP is coming out. Um, RBA interest rate decisions tomorrow as well. So that could just line up nicely if there's a bit of a hawkish comment coming out tomorrow. Yeah. Could push Aussie dollar even further up towards that 68th um sort of level, whereas the upper bound of a range right now. So quite a yeah. lot on the plate this week. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, look look at it. I suppose we'll stick with FX for now. Uh, and we move on to some some other markets, but again, I suppose we'll start where 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 it all starts with mm-hmm. the Dixie, right? Um, again, my my take for the last while now has been kind of further upside from here, mm-hmm. but now you know I think the Duff the it's kind of got softer, you know. I think we I think really now we've seen obviously the price kind of consolidate at the moment, but you know, is there upside from here? It's hard to say. I mean, obviously. Recession fears are kind of going out the window. Um, you know, market sentiment is is pretty good. Obviously, that's impacting metals, and we'll go on to that now in a sec. But yeah, I mean, what's your take on dollar? Yeah, I mean, you know, if we're just looking at it technically in the chart first, that one hundred two level is going to be the level that's yeah. you know, yeah. it's going to struggle getting across. I think this yeah. week's obviously going to be another big week for it. We've um, you know NFP and Friday coming out, bit of ISM data. So if we do see a bit of a strong dollar coming out, then perhaps maybe. If we break above that 102, there's no reason why we couldn't continue up to that upper bound of, of 104, 105. But I think, you know, one of the things markets are really trying to do is just price forward exactly where interest rates are going to be. You know, is is, is this going to be the end of the hikes? You know, we did hear Jerome Powell come out and say that there's definitely going to be no cuts this year and that further hikes are never going to be never to be ruled out. So I think, you know, we could see into next year, if, if we do start to see inflation ticking up a bit, um, I think, or sorry, not into next year, but into this month and next month, if inflation ticks up a bit, I think that's going to be one of the key things, Jonathan, because, sure. you know, oil's been on a downtrend from really what, March, April 2022, it's been on a complete downtrend mm-hmm. and it's up over 15% this month already. So if we're seeing oil up over 15%, you know, what are we going to see to headline inflation? Well, we can expect to see that up and that's obviously not going to be revised into the estimates from last month. So I would I would actually expect maybe headline inflation to be up a bit and then that could maybe send some sentiment into um, long USD and sort of looking potentially into uh, higher interest rates. So sure. 
sure. sort of it's my gonna, take on it. Yeah, it, we have to wait and see, really, yeah. at this point. Yeah. Uh, at the moment, it's kind of <clears throat> it's hard to gauge, other than to say soft dollar, uh, yeah. until we get that kind of information coming back to us to see we're going to... Well, exactly. Exactly. I, I wouldn't sit and take the trade right now and bet that it's going to be data coming out, but definitely if the data comes out stronger next month uh, on the CPI, well, it will be coming out next week. Uh, CPI data, I believe. So if it comes out stronger than expected, then for sure, um, definitely be looking at taking long dollar positions. Great. I mean, in these situations, I suppose when you are looking at the markets, I mean, the first thing I'll do is I'll move away from FX. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I've I have a long, long uh, oil trade on at the moment. Um, yeah. again, I I definitely see further, you know, further upside in in oil from here. Definitely. Um, yeah. I mean, look, look. It's, we obviously we're we're seeing the output in in sorry can you still hear me there sorry my computer yeah yeah it's just yeah you're still going. One, give me one second there I think zoom likes to crash my computer yeah <laughs> it always seems to happen doesn't it every time you're doing a podcast there's always something that interrupts i mean yeah, I well, think, these think people we... will know we're not ed- editing the, the podcast right <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah my computer's crashed but i don't need a chart i can i can talk i've been looking at them all day so yeah um yeah. So yeah, I mean, look. Obviously, for me, oil is. It, I, I don't see any downside at the moment. You know, obviously, we're seeing uh, the likes of India. You know, increased production. We're we're seeing obviously a lot of these kind of U.S. energy firms have reduced the numbers of their oil rigs. Mm-hmm. I think it's now the eighth straight month we're, we're seeing a reduction in in, in oil rigs mm-hmm. in the U.S. Um, and yeah, I just I just feel that there's definitely further upside here. Yeah, 100%. I totally agree. You know, even looking at, you know, China, um, Russia and Saudi, obviously they're cutting uh, production out as well. And that's just going to send, you know, price pressures upwards. I mean, yeah. some of the things we've looked at, you know, looking at earnings coming in so far last quarter and earnings coming in this quarter, it doesn't seem to be any slowdown in the horizon either. So I think that's sure. one of the things as well that's prompting the oil markets up. If we started seeing the production cuts, Jonathan, and started also seeing maybe companies coming out reporting earnings saying that they expect a lot less next quarter and a lot less into this year, then potentially you could start to see that balancing act where you know production's being cut as much as supply has been needed. But yeah. I think in this term, there's definitely going to be a production cut and that's going to cut supply. And that's, I, think, I think that's why we're going to see price at least moving up to around this $86 a barrel for WTI and, you know, and further moving up probably towards that 90 or 94 as well. Particularly, but I would say by uh, autumn time. Yeah, definitely. 90 is my kind of my golden yeah. golden line, if you like, in terms of where I'm looking for it to go. But um, I suppose looking at gold as well, obviously, we saw some strength in gold today. Um, mm-hmm. So it's one of the bigger movers today, obviously, off the back of a bit of a softer dollar. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're still we're still seeing dollar moving up as well, but I think we're starting to see gold coming up as well. I think that's also just off the back of some of the uh, positive Chinese data coming out, you know, as well. And I think really what we're just seeing there's if anybody's looking at um, gold on a on a daily chart, there's just a fifty moving average, which just kind of swooped underneath Thursday and Friday's candle. And I think that's really where a lot of buying was coming into place. And we're now back up, Jonathan, around that sort of 1970, 1980 level where we said that you know gold needs to break above that to go to two thousand to make any sort of um, run really at that. You know, so I'm still quite I wouldn't say bearish in gold, but I still think we're just going to see sideways action here. I'm not, I think. Anywhere between nineteen hundred to two thousand, I'm not really too concerned on on what it does, if I'm honest. Until I see I mean, a breakout of, of that area, I, think I, that... I I'd, I'd be from the upside. I mean, I might I yeah. definitely feel there's upside here. 
Yeah. You know, um, and again, I can't see charts at the moment because my, my yeah. computer's crashed. But uh, that, like for me, I mean, I've, I just personally think that it's upside. I think coming out on the other end of the summer months, I think, you know, if we do see that softer dollar again, especially, you know, I, I think, I think we're going to see a stronger, stronger gold and we can come back obviously again in, in, in a month or so and, and have a look at that and we can, we, we can test that. But I definitely personally see stronger gold. Now, again, maybe not today or tomorrow. I think after that move today, we're going to see a bit of consolidation, but I certainly see, further upside in gold uh, mm-hmm. into the end of the year. Well, what sort of price targets would you expect for it, you know, by year end? Uh, you know, honestly, if I had a crystal ball, I'd love to give it to you. <laughs> but, but, but I don't, <laughs> you know. And again, and the problem is, Rory, as you know, right, that's my bias today. Um, yeah. Next week, that bias can change, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, next month, that bias can change. And as a trader, I think we're continually changing our bias all the time. And that's a key fundamental part of actually being successful trading is not holding onto something that you you know that you think is going to continue to run one way or the other. It's it's continually adapting your approach and changing how you mm-hmm. you know how you're you know obviously you're receiving the data and how you understand that data is going to affect the market so again to give you a round number i'm not going to give you a round number yeah um but in terms of right now um i certainly see see further strength here yeah um like if you if you really want to put a gun to my head mm-hmm. um is that what you're saying well well yeah let's go for it well let's get it and then i'll give my reasons <laughs> of, of why okay. i'm bearish uh i mean Again, I, I still feel there's a levels around that. Yeah. I, I don't know, twenty fifty kind of level. I still think we can we can see that level here again. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I was asking, was having a conversation with a guy as well last week about this. Is it when it hits twenty fifty? What do you expect? Because there's somebody who has a very very similar <laughs> to view. Oh, you really trying to twist and, my arm here now. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. <laughs> And I'll, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the re- I'll tell you the reason why. I'll make I'll make it easy. Is that I told a guy that gold has never ever had a monthly close above two thousand. Never. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, we're we're looking at a quadruple top. You know what I mean? At at, at them levels, yeah. and you know, it, it just keeps reject getting rejected. Yeah. So I mean, you know, what's to say or who's to say why want to go anything further than that? Unless we see, you know. Yeah. See, my- uh, look, in, unless we see sentiment really kind of you know change you know that kind of way and i I don't see i don't see that i think there's 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 too many moving parts at the moment i just yeah. don't think anything's directional um personally yeah see you know my reason I, we'll, we'll get off gold now because i'm sure if anybody listening who doesn't trade gold they're probably thinking when when will these two boys get off it but <laughs> you know whenever whenever i look at gold 2011 was sort of the all-time high pushing up to 1900 yeah, then we've seen June, July 2020, which was just following COVID. We've seen that push above 2000, but yet never seen that monthly close. You know, and then the last time we've seen the rally up to 2000 was sort of March 2022, which was obviously Russia, Ukraine, but again, never seen that monthly close. And then it was just there past in sort of May and June or April, May and June, where we've seen another rise up to 2000, but again, never seen a monthly close. You know, my question, it's not really a question to you or, or anybody, but it's just sort of a rhetorical question that, is well, what does it take for gold to get above two thousand? If if a black swan event like COVID can't do it, if following a GFC can't do it, following a, a Western war can't do it, what's yeah. going to do it? You yeah. know, and and that's really my question. It's like, are we? I, I can tell you what. Yeah. Digital currency. You think so? 
<laughs> well, I think we're going to go back to bartering days of, you know, I, I don't know, man. I, I think once the people or once the governments have complete control over your spending, I think that's when people will start to look or turn to just to, to something new. And that's that's the only reason why I'd see any real, you know, strong move above that in terms of, you know, people want something tangible. Well, well, that's true too. If we, if we ever get to that, I think myself, Mike, and um, Daniel spoke about that on the crypto podcast we done a few months ago. Yeah. So, if anybody I think wants to hear a bit about that, be good to go back and check that out. Yeah, absolutely, hundred so, percent. Yeah. So, what else have you been looking at then this week? You know, this week I everything's been kind of sideways, except for like we said at the start of the podcast. I mean, obviously, yen, Aussie dollar is is, is making some decent moves. Uh, again, gold and oil have been keeping a close eye on. I have some trades on the, on those, but you know, I mean, for me, obviously, we got some data coming out this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sitting on my hands until that data comes out before I make any, you know, any FX trades. To be honest, yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, you know, we've seen euro inflation as well coming out better expected today. Um, ISM coming out tomorrow on Tuesday is going to be interesting. You know, we're still expecting that. Um, really to come in at around 46.6, so just a bit above, but still in that contractionary phase as well, which is you know quite strange to see an index like that being in contraction for such a long time, but yet markets moving in a complete different direction. And then obviously the end of the week with the retail favorite NFP and um, employment situation report. So seeing the unemployment figure last month was 3.6, expected to remain at 3.6. So if we see that resilience there, could that give... Could that leave the gate open for the Fed to continue pushing uh, interest rates up? I think sure. that's that's going to be the big question. Absolutely. You know? um, no, I agreed. And I suppose looking at looking at some stocks and some indices there as well. Again, indices have been pretty much moving sideways as well, right? I mean, there's, there's not much going on today at all to 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 give any kind of you know jolt reaction if you like to the markets. Yeah, I would 100% agree. I mean. You know, if we're just looking at the S&P, we're back up at that sort of 4,600 level, Jonathan. That was the last time we were there was March 2022, again, Russia-Ukraine sort of yep. situation. So I think if we're to get back above that sort of level, it's probably, again, like just what I was mentioning with gold, it's going to have to be something worthy to get yep. really back above that. You know, one of the things I've been reading lately is is a lot of this buying just FOMO at the minute. Is it just the fear of missing out? Is it people just putting money away because they don't know where to put it? You know, and, and to be honest, Jonathan, to sort of get into personal circumstances as well, I was nearly caught out in that too. You know, um, I was looking at my ISA account a few days ago and realized it was heavily undersubscribed in it, you know, for this tax year. And I thought, oh, fuck, let's just put a lot of money into our ISA. What fund are we going to buy? What ETF are we going to buy? I was looking at, you know, ones that follow the NASDAQ sort of um, Taiwan semiconductor ones. And then I realized that the only reason I want to do this is because I just want to move money from one account to the other. Am yeah. I am I actually bearish in these companies or bullish in these companies? No, I'm I'm, I'm really not. So I yeah. nearly not that I nearly pulled the trigger, but you know it was it was a thought process. I was thinking about moving money into the market into risk assets right now when we're near top, and if I'm thinking that, then a lot of other people are also thinking it. You know Great. because you know inflation's coming down, wages are moving up, and. Um, we're obviously past April there, into the new tax year. People have got pay rises. People are going to have a bit more disposable cash now as well. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised just to see a bit of money just flowing into equities when maybe perhaps in quotation marks it shouldn't. So I think yeah. that's just maybe what we're seeing at the minute. So and then and then obviously earnings season still still ongoing. Yeah, I mean that's that's another point as well. Earnings are still being revised down. Companies are still beating earnings. So. <laughs> 
to the um, average Joe. Companies are doing brilliant. Let's pump money into <laughs> equities, and it, and everything will be fine. You know, <laughs> it's, it's really it's it's crazy, really, because you know, if you're a general person, they don't see that. They're just seeing top line numbers and beats, you know, and you know. Yeah. The, I mean, unless you actually understand what's going on or, you know, the intricacies that, that you know, lie within this, then, you know, yeah, exactly. Why, you know, if, how can you not be positive, you know, exactly. You know, and if, if, if people do a bit of homework, if, well, if people are fortunate enough to maybe have like a terminal in front of them with a lot of data going back, or if you actually do a bit of homework and go into the company, see what they were predicting for this time. You know, this time for last year and predicting even three months ago, what they were predicting for this earnings, you know, be a completely different number to what, you know what they just predicted three or four days ago. Yeah, I agree. You know? Agreed. Um, but definitely indices are up, you know, and equities are still moving higher. I think um fixed income obviously still there as well. I think it's just a big waiting game now, Jonathan. If I'm honest, I'm I've really no direction in the market whatsoever. I think we're just at a stage now where it's either we're going to come in for a soft landing and things are going to go up forever or things are going to come down very, very hard. And I think there's we're just yeah. sitting in between. Aren't we? That yeah. I mean like we we, we see this so many times, right? It and it's just predicting when yeah. it's going to happen. Uh, I, I look again. They're saying, you know, fears are laying around the U.S. recession, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I still feel that you know that there's further bumps ahead. I don't think this is going to be as smooth as what they're making out to to be. I I, I don't think so. I just don't see how. I personally don't see how it could. I, I really don't. You know, as you say that. The U.S. recession—that's the thing everybody's banging on about at the minute—that they're they're going to avoid it, and they'll, they'll probably they might avoid it, but I just don't think a recession is going to be the biggest thing. I think there's just going to be something around the corner. You know, I just have a funny feeling about it. Yeah. So, I, yeah, agreed. It's one of the things I can't say. I can't say what it is, but I just just have a feeling about it. I, I don't know. I think with inflation and interest rates and everything else happening, I just feel like it's just really. Uh, I think it, the the gap between the wealthy and the poor is just really widening and continues to widen. And I think that's going to, I think obviously we can see what protests in the UK as well and so on. And, and like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, there is that undercurrent and, and we can, you know, the, the headline news can be as soft as it wants in terms of our optimistic as it wants, but yeah. really, you know, ground zero, you know, stuff is bubbling under the ground, you know? Yeah. Stuff's bubbling. Interest rates moving higher, mortgage payments moving up. Let's give it another, you know, squeezed at the moment, right? Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, the data might not tell you that and the markets can tell you everything's great, but at the end of the day, you know, all you have to do is, you know, like I say, look at ground level. Things are, you know, people are getting squeezed and that has to have a knock-on effect. Definitely, 100%. You know, and I think our favorite saying, Jonathan, is markets can be irrational for longer than you can be solvent. Yeah, you know, I think- absolutely, um, 100%. And... I think, that's just, I think that's just the key takeaway from this. You know, if you if if you're looking to buy into markets now, you know, especially for the long term, might be worth waiting a few months. Yeah, well, that's that's a, that's the good thing about CFDs, right? You can take yeah. both sides of a trade. You know, yeah. rather you know sitting and holding on a on a on a asset to move upwards, you can actually you know th- these are the times that you want to be trading CFDs when we can actually make take opportunities of 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 you know downward moving markets. Well, exactly. Yeah, if we start seeing a few short ideas coming into play, exactly start to take them. Markets are moving down. Yeah, yeah, because we are we are moving nearly back up to those highs in the S and P, and I just I just don't know I don't understand why and how we're there, you know. And and if you don't understand why we're there or how we're there, then then don't trade it. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So and I, I tell you, I was just seeing there looking at the app. Um, it's one thing that is actually working on my computer. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a question there from Zach Abel. Why not just let's answer this now? I suppose. Uh, yeah, fair enough. 
he says I've been training for a few years now, mm-hmm. but I periods where my motivation to do forex related work fades, especially if it's back testing. Yeah. Um, just wondering if you guys have any similar motivation issues and what you would do to overcome them. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> you put me under I, the gun. Yeah, uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll stick this one on you. No, I'll um, I'll say that I completely am on his side. I've happens to me quite a lot, um, you know, and I'm sure there's there's a side note to that. And I would kind of maybe be on a similar page to him. I always have to keep myself uh, occupied and always have to keep learning new things. You know, I get quite bored whenever I'm doing a process, so I like to do things quite differently all the time. I always like to keep learning. I don't mind doing the same process over and over again, Jonathan, but I always like to add something to it. I always like to maybe um, learn a new way of doing it or learn a different way about it. Just, just, just th- exactly what you said there, right? Sorry to interrupt, but yeah. I think that's key, what you just said. And I think once you're learning while you're doing something, that mm-hmm. will keep you more interested. If you're just kind yeah. of doing a process over and over, yeah. I think that just gets mundane. But I think if you can find new ways, like you've said, and you can actually learn from something because look, every day, it doesn't matter how long you've been trading or how, you know, how good you are as a trader, you're learning mm-hmm. new things all the time, all the time. You're adapting to the markets, you're adapting yeah. to conditions and, 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 and information and so on. Right. Yeah. And just like you said there, I think I wanted to start because I think that's key mm-hmm. to that. I think once you're learning and I think trading, you know, look, people are busy anyway but for the time that we do spend when we're in front of our terminals and trading yeah. we do have our processes and then processes are processes and that's what really gets our consistency when we have them processes in place and that come that is just a you know that's almost like a you, you do it without even thinking and and it can be a bit maybe mundane potentially yeah. but again like i say if you can add new things or find little ways to add to you know add to mm-hmm. the process and learn new things all of a sudden then it, you kind of get them you know light bulb moments and yeah. you know it, it brings back the the interest to towards your trading and the more you get you know the more you do do that and the more that trade you you win them trades because of that process has improved or got better and then all of a sudden then you know that kind of sparks your interest further as well right exactly 100 percent. you know what i mean one of the one example that i kind of have with that jonathan is that you know whenever i was learning about options read the books read everything about it knew quite a lot about them but wanted to take it to the next level. So what did I do? I wanted to learn how options are priced, you know, through a Black Scholes formula, bit sort of in-depth things. <laughs> that's, and then that's I, definitely you, Rory. Yeah, and then I wanted, <laughs> and then I wanted to learn how I could calculate it for myself. So I built a Black Scholes formula on Excel, went through all that. Then it says, well, what can I do next? Well, then I want to learn it through Python. So now I started developing one through Python and doing it that. So it's always adding those processes, and that's yeah. not something that took you know two or three months. That's something that's been building over the last 18, 24 months. Yeah. You yeah, said so that's just really how you do it, and then you realize there's always ways around it. You know, you start maybe looking at exotic options, and you might even start looking at options around other things, and just building on those processes every time. And then when you realize that you get quite good at something, then you're always going to realize that people are always going to have questions for you, and then you're always going to want to keep digging and digging into those things. You and, know, and. and- just yeah. to swap to that as well, like, you know, look, the process can be kind of mundane in, in some ways, you know, <laughs> but I think, again, asking questions, learning, I think, again, I think that's the beauty of the app that we have there is that you can come on, you can list, see what other people are doing, you can ask questions, you can tweak things, you can improve what you're doing all the time. And and like you say, it go back, goes back to learning, obviously, but it's having that interaction and touch points, sitting beside, sitting in front of a computer all day, or even if it's not all day, you know, for that period of time that you're trading, you know, you kind of, you're doing the same thing and, and you want to kind of look, if I 
go out to my wife and tell her that you know why i took a trade on oil you know today you know she, no interest she, doesn't care she's gonna look through me you know yeah. and 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 that's one thing that even you know from from me i, I love to sit down and talk to you and yeah. you know we we kind of like bounce off each other as well which is great and i think again i think that's another part of it as well is mm-hmm. is not only just learning from books or from information you're getting but learning from other people having that community around you to ask questions chat to and you know and that keeps the motivation also right yeah exactly you know and even what you said if you're if you're talking to your wife it can be quite cumbersome if you're not getting a response especially if you tell her you didn't make any money she's obviously not going to be interested you know <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, know, that's all she the, wants to know yeah, yeah the, the, the ears prick up when you sort of say something about money and then it's like well you know i lost the whole account on it and she's like oh <laughs> yeah, attention awakening but yeah. definitely i think you have to definitely keep yourself busy i think that's that's the main thing and it can it could even be simple things jonathan you know some people um like to keep on top of the data for you know here's a very good one where people can start without going into crazy you know quantitative sort of crap People like to keep on top of data, right? People like to look at the NFP coming out and things like that. A good thing you do to keep yourself in the game is have your own data. So build yourself a file on you know, OneDrive or whatever it is. Have all your data. Maybe have a sheet for NFP, a sheet for inflation, a sheet for whatever it might be on Excel. And fill out all the NFP data yourself and do all your own calculations. And that will just keep you busy for 10 or 15 minutes every day. And then what you might want to start to do from that is say, well, what's the correlation between NFP and the dollar? You know, mm-hmm. And you might then research in Google, well, how do I do correlation on Excel? And then you might want to find out, you know, what's the beta for it? And you might want to find all these different sort of statistical processes. And I know this sounds like I'm going off on a tangent, but I'm getting somewhere with it. And you start doing all these different things with it. And before you realize is that you're actually doing your own homework rather yeah. than reading broker research or reading investment banking research, you're starting to do your own homework and coming up with your own ideas. Um, and when you do this, so go on. Yeah, and when you do this, your ideas become very, very sharp and you can very, very quickly get in and out of positions because you're not, you know, you might see a move in oil today and you think, right, why is oil moved? Let me go in and say, well, what does this mean? Let me let me read Bloomberg. Let me read CNBC. Let me ask the blokes. Let me do this. And before you know it, you've asked 20 people, you've spent three days and oil's moved 10% and you're gone. You've missed it. Yeah. So yeah. When, you do, when you do all your own homework calculations, you know exactly how things work. Just- and that's all just part of this process. Then you can learn yeah, just on that as well. I mean, I think we spoke about this before. I'm not sure if it was on on on, on live or just mm-hmm. just together. But you know, for me personally, when I'm doing my own analysis, when I'm writing that out, even like when in the app when I'm putting out analysis, like I'm writing this down, and when I'm writing it down, it actually makes more sense. I might know this information, but because yeah. I it's stored somewhere in the back of my brain, it's that you know it doesn't come to the forefront of what you're thinking. You know, and mm-hmm. by doing analysis, by writing out you know and, and actually posting it you know it just keeps you wired differently you yeah. know it just keeps you more on the ball in terms of what you're looking at you know it, it just i don't know what it is but for some reason when you're writing your own analysis out you're actually you know when i'm posting it into the app and so on it just keeps you more in touch with what's actually happening because your brain knows what you know what's happening but at the same mm-hmm. time it's, it's not triggering as you know that kind of fresh approach in unless you're kind of actually you know, either talking to somebody about it or actually writing it down or, yeah. you know, that kind of way, being being more involved. Exactly. You know, something I've seen of that to, even today, I can relate to that today. Jonathan, I got your notification came in through Aussie dollar was up over 1%. And the first thing I thought of, and I just knew exactly what it was because I didn't look at any data this morning. I said, I guarantee there's positive data coming from China. Yeah. I, yeah. I guarantee it. Yeah. So, and people would say, are you crazy? 
it's Aussie dollar. Why are you looking at Chinese data? But as you say, sometimes you have to write things out for it to make sense. Yeah. But I just can pull it out of the back of the brain because I know exactly that's where it was coming from. Sure, that's it. All right, and it's about you, you know, know, it's no point to seeing well, a market move and technically yeah. going, oh wow, that's that's a one percent move. So you need to find out why that moved and understand how important that data is. You yeah. know, and and like I say, the correlations between you know the you know information coming out of China and the correlation mm-hmm. between that and the Aussie dollar, and you know, just just again, you know, like I said, I'm learning things all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're learning things all the time, and and the day that you haven't learned something is the kind of day wasted. Yeah, exactly. Always make sure you learn something, stay on top of it. I think that's a great way to end that sort of question there. Just keep yeah. learning, keep moving. You know, don't don't sit in charts all day. That's the worst thing you can do. Don't yeah. sit in charts. Charts 10, 15, 30 minutes max every day. That's that's enough. You Absolutely. Know? I mean, once you once you have your your trades on and your stops in, you know, leave it alone. You'll make a lot more money, you know, leaving your trades alone and actually watching them because all you're gonna want to do is either get out of that trade for a profit or 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 cut your loss by, by looking at that trade. Whereas if you've done your, you know, your analysis, you you're comfortable with your analysis, you have your strategy in place, you place your trades, let them run out. You know, exactly. in a way, um, unless there's any major impact in major data coming out that's just gonna make you want to change your mind. Um, mm-hmm. fair enough but, but otherwise you know let your trades play out exactly but you know even we'll talk about more this more in the app but even if there is data coming out Jonathan you should be aware about what's the chances of this data moving the market how much could it move the market sure. you'll set your stop losses around that you know yeah. qu- quick example if NFP comes out in Friday night position well what's the chance NFP will move dollar okay that's the percentage yeah. if it does move how much does it usually move okay I'll move my stop loss there and I'll go off. I'll go off and continue my day. Yeah, that, well, I'll, I'll close my trades around NFP. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, people people can do things like that, and yeah. and that's just where you need to be. If you're on top of it all the time, it makes it a hell of a lot easier. It, it really, that, really does. That might, that might work into our next podcast, actually, for our education one. Maybe we look at potentially how to actually trade within, you know people's different environments in terms of like you know full-time part-time i know we've touched on it in the past maybe we'll, mm-hmm. we'll touch on that a bit more on the next podcast as well but um any just on that actually any ideas that uh you guys have please do jump onto the app and let us know what education pieces you'd like to hear from us anything at all any information or anything you'd like us to, to, to touch upon please do jump on the app either download the app uh, if you're not already in there or you can actually just go to app.twoblokestrading.com to check out our web app and uh, see our analysis and so on as well. Yeah, brilliant. Sounds good. Well, I think that wraps it up for today. Um, covered quite a lot there. So again, if anybody has any questions on it, just drop it into the app. Any suggestions for the next podcast, send them there. Be happy to cover them. Awesome. So yes, thanks. thanks for joining, Jonathan. Appreciate it. Thank you, buddy. Take care, mate. Cheers, mate. Have a good one. Bye now. Bye-bye.